Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. We're your hosts. Professional that- intro. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, man, we got to get, we got to be more legit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely do. <laughs> Doug Hay, Matt Frazier, Nomad Athlete Radio. How's it going? Back back with a pure episode of Nomad Athlete Radio. We're, we That's are not right. live right not now. live. We can edit. We can take risks. It doesn't <laughs> work. Just edit it out. We can bleep stuff out. Yep, definitely. We're swearing Should all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are continuing to do the daily live show, though, we should we should mention. And you can catch us on Instagram live uh, pretty much every weekday morning, we're trying to do now. And... Uh, it's on the Nomad Athlete underscore official account. I think we're going to start a feed of those if you prefer to listen that way, and we'll let you know what that will be. They probably won't go in the Nomad Athlete radio feed. Uh, we'll put it in a different podcast feed. Uh, but anyway, that's that's what's going on there. But yeah, we're doing lots more content these days, which is fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so uh, they're fun. They're a little punchier, lighter. And um, basically what we're doing is we're picking an article or two every day, and, and uh, some of them are timely, some of them are not, but kind of going over them and, and having some lighthearted discussion. So definitely check that out on the No Meat Athlete Instagram. Yeah. One, one more thing to add to sell it. You're also, if, if you're not at that, you're missing behind the scenes stuff, mm. like what's going on in our life. Like my, like my bus, uh, my daughter's bus schedule saga has led to some, led to some interesting sleep developments uh, and other things. So it's some of that stuff, which I think is enjoyable to That's talk right. about. Or, uh, so, and I actually forgot to bring this up on today's episode, or today's live feed. Um, today was my daughter's first day of kindergarten, and we've been debating this week what I should pack her in for her lunch. And uh, and and I packed her lunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the live, we had a bunch of, we had, yeah. yesterday we talked a lot about it, and the listener, viewers put in suggestions, and it was actually, I, we learned some good things there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what else is going on, Matt. I, you know, I, I was thinking about you last night. Okay. As always I often good. Do. Always concerning. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about you because, um, and and this is true. I really was thinking about you uh, because I know how how much you are concerned about bike riding. <laughs> not not that you don't know how to ride a bike. You're not, you're not, you're not, yeah. I'm not very the, good at riding a bike. I should mention that. I'm I'm very I'm a poor bike rider because I do it not very often uh okay so i don't fall i just don't like if i'm like going slowly and having to turn and or like the getting started of it i just don't just not a not a very smooth rider by any means. <laughs> well maybe that's why you don't like riding but or you maybe you're on no, a crusade it's, it's against the number of people who end up in the hospital and die yeah. from it that i that's what i well really that, like. that that is true that, uh there are i mean we so we have a team of of i think it's 14 two of them have been in the hospital in the last few years uh for a, a road biking accident one of our another one's husband it just broke his collarbone on a mountain biking accident. Uh, I also is, know a guy. I, I know a guy I used to play golf with who died from from riding mm. his bike. Did he get hit by a car? Or what happened? No, he he ran into. I think that thing came down on his head. A uh, uh, like a traffic gate thing when you enter a community. Oh yeah. And you know he he was going at high speed. I don't know if it came down or if he just didn't see it. But you know oh. that, that kind of speed, you hit oh, that kind of thing. Awful. I know. Awful. Really bad. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just, I feel like everyone I know who cycles, is that a thing? Cycles? Road bikes. Uh, 
ends up ends up either in the hospital or with a really terrible crash, uh, you know, or worse. So I I don't know. Maybe I'm unlucky and, and I just keep encountering these situations. But I don't know. I just don't understand it. It just seems like too high risk to me. But anyway, but better news here is that you didn't do that last night. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no. But I didn't. I didn't end up injured. But I did think about you because I got on a bike and uh, and I I went mountain biking for the first. I would say this is the very first time that I've done true mountain biking on a real mountain bike on real mountain bike trails with someone who is a true mountain biker leading the way. Um, it was it was a new experience for me, and I was thinking about you because uh, for the first hour or so, I felt very uncomfortable and and you know just like feeling not super in control and I, I loosened up and I got much more comfortable by the end of the night. But, um, but I was thinking about you. I was like, man, if I have to get on that podcast tomorrow and talk about how I wrecked my bike, then, <laughs> <laughs> then I, Matt's never going to let me on a bike again. But, uh, it was actually, it was super fun. I, uh, I went home and I, you know, I got home at like 10 30 cause we, we rode after work and then went and got, uh, dinner and beers and played a game of chess and then got home and uh, immediately I was like surfing Facebook marketplace for for used mountain oh, bikes. Oh yeah, you got the oh, bug. Yeah. Good. Got the bug. Well, it was super. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think I think mountain biking is much safer than road biking. Not based on anything except for my own personal the stories I hear. I don't hear of people ending up in hospitals that much from mountain biking. Uh, it sounds to me like you 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 know I guess when you break your collarbone you probably end up in the hospital. But I I hear about people going over the handlebars and then, you know, landing on something. And and I do know a few people who had really, really bad mountain bike accidents. But I have a feeling that when you're a beginner and you don't have too much confidence, uh, you you probably limit the risk of a really awful fall. Right. uh, If I had had fallen yesterday, I was going at a speed where, you know, I would have skinned a knee or, you know, maybe sprained a wrist or something. Right. Not ended up in the hospital. Yeah, well, no, I, I think it's great. I think I think trying new things is great. I I love that feeling, and I you know I wish we could bottle that and get it all the time. Where you do something, and it's a little bit you're, you're apprehensive at first, perhaps, or just cautious, and then you get the hang of it, sort of, and then all, and then all of a sudden that's all you want to think about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's just fun. I, I mean, anytime you're you're coming home from something and googling how to get more into it is a really good thing, and I wish we could we could all get more of that. Uh, so good for you. Glad to hear it. And I don't think I don't think mountain biking is a is a bad choice. I think it's a good idea. Oh, good. Okay, good. Got the <laughs> I, I can got the Matt Fraser stamp of approval. Like yeah, because you're in control. You don't have sixty mile an hour cars. That's right. Who decide whether you go to the hospital or not? You get to kind of you know if you want to be cautious, you can. That's true. That's Which is also point. true of road biking, but it's less. You have less control. Yeah. 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 <laughs> good. Well, you doing all right? Anything I am good. To update the uh, loyal listeners. No, about? not really. Same old sleep sleep stuff. My daughter now leaves at five thirty in the morning uh, for her bus ride. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and not the live show. That's the problem with doing both of these formats now. Is I don't know what stories we've told where. Uh, but yeah, I guess elementary school kids now, in some places, based on research that says their you know biorhythms are better for earlier times, uh, they are the ones who go to school really early, and the high school kids who go later. And the middle school kids, I guess, still go in between. Uh, but anyway, so she's up at 5.30 now to catch a 6.30 bus. And uh, that has that has wreaked havoc on my sleep because whichever parent is getting up with her, the other one's also waking up. And if I wake up, I tend not to fall back asleep very quickly at all, if at all. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I kind of count on that because I so often wake up at, at 
2.30 or 3.30, and then I'm up for like an hour and a half or two, and then I fall back asleep, and I can get a solid three hours, so I just end up waking up late, but I still get a lot of or enough sleep. Uh, this has this has messed with that a lot. Uh, so I'm just, it's just a weird thing, trying to figure out uh, this. But whatever, that's, that's what parenthood is, just new stuff all the time. And uh, you roll with the punches. Got to roll with those punches. Yes, you do. Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, what we're talking about today, I'm excited about this episode because it is, it's kind of a part two, a follow-up, or maybe a, a check-in years later um, on a, an episode we did a long time ago. We did it, I think it was back in 2018. The title of the episode, if you want to go listen to it again, it's one of my favorites, uh, was Are We Improving Ourselves Too Much? And it was, it was an episode that when we did that, uh, we talked a lot there about another, an article from The New Yorker called Improving Ourselves to Death, which you can still Google and find. Um, and like for me, it, it set me into existential crisis where I was like, I don't understand what is the purpose of my life if I'm not supposed to be doing self-improvement all the time. Right? Like if all my free time isn't filled with, you know, whatever, learning a language, trying to practice an instrument, uh, fitness of some kind, the cooking stuff, not but not just ever for the joy of it, but more for the like the aim of getting better, so that at some point in the future I'll be really good at this thing. Um, and that was that was like so much of what I did and how I thought back then. Uh, so when this when I read this article, it was just shocking to me, and I was like, man, I, I like I believed it, and, and I actually read the book that they cited in the article, and I, I really kind of went into this. Uh, but people, other people who were podcast listeners, like wrote in, and they they felt similarly to how I did, uh, and they were they were like upset almost. They were like, no, like you, like I'm begging you, please don't go down this road. Like you, this is you have to keep, you know, keep stand strong with the self improvement thing, and that's why we listen. And we, I, I don't know, but like people had an emotional responses to this. So I, so I'm glad to revisit it now, uh, and we'll also talk about a, a new article that's about called a good enough like there's a book called a good the good enough life or a good enough life it's exactly what it sounds like that pushing for uh being okay with sort of just you know being okay having having a nice good life but not not falling into greatness thinking which is what they they call one of the one of the great uh i guess fallacies of our time is this idea that all of us can be great and that if we strive for that that's how we'll sort of maximize uh our enjoyment of life so um i'm excited to to dig into that uh, I guess the place to begin, Doug, for me, is that like I reread this article or re-skimmed this article. I actually did read it before but today. This time I skimmed it. Um, and like it doesn't – I'm not at all shocked by it. It's like, okay, it, like it almost sounds obvious to me right. that like of course there's another path than just always trying to improve yourself. Uh, and of course like these apps and this biohacking and all this stuff and the, you know they, they run through a lot of that in the beginning of the article uh, – of course, that stuff is is absurd in many ways that that everyone has bought into it, and that that's our culture now. Like it, it's easy to stand back, at, look at that, and kind of laugh and, and realize that of course that's not how life is supposed to be. So that's that's for me is the most significant development. Is like I mean, this definitely disrupted my life, and I like I said, I read the book, I spent a lot of time, and I I now see that I really did change my thinking after it. I don't know if it was as a result of it, but certainly the article contributed. Uh, I had kind of thought maybe that was just what getting older was, and that's why you and I, like, I think in the past two years especially, the tone of our, maybe not our advice, but, like, just our our opinion about things, I think has softened a lot, and we just kind of don't, 
I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, and I thought as I'm getting older, I just have this more appreciation for actually enjoying things and like going slower in many ways. A couple weeks ago, I talked about how I don't really have a morning routine it, a, anymore, mm-hmm. and I actually would rather just enjoy the time. Uh, so I was thinking that was just me getting older and having kids and more experience and all this. But now I wonder if it's not, if not everyone experiences that. Maybe it's also just having having kind of read this article. Maybe this article spoke to me back then because I was already beginning to think this way. I don't know. Uh, but I just I think that's kind of interesting that like it, I clearly have changed yeah. as a result of this. And I don't well, know if it's for the better, but but I have. <laughs> I, I definitely have as well, and I, I feel the same way. But I want to go back to something you said a, a few minutes ago when you, when you said that you were reskimming it today and, or yesterday, and um, and it felt the advice felt obvious to you. And you know, I, I think as I was looking at it again this morning, you know, it, it felt obvious to me as well because that's where I am now. But I still, you know, like I still struggle to. Um, I guess distance myself or not believe that you know if you uh, that that looking at the ideal and kind of striving for the ideal even if you don't reach the ideal um, you know is going to make you a better person right so like looking at that ideal morning routine looking at that ideal worker that ideal athlete and saying like okay what are they doing and how can I how can I mimic what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and I and that's that's the allure right I mean that's the uh, I mean that that I guess is the, is is what a lot of people have told you and and told told us and and told us to strive for is kind of you know find greatness and try to mimic it right. Yeah, that's right. Um, the the argument that you know people who believe this idea that we are improving ourselves too much that they have against that is that kind of mi- trying to mimic the best at something and and in some way. I don't know if there's a hope of becoming the best, but you're hoping to do better as a result. Like yeah. the very notion of I'm hoping to do better, right? That that sort of breeds feelings of inadequacy, sure, uh, and and maybe frustration that like it's not for everyone to be the best tennis player in the world. So you know, yes, you can strive to be that, or you can learn from the person who is that. But if you're never going to be that, simply because not everyone can be that, even if you put in a ton of time, you're probably not going to be that. Uh, you know, like that that could be a negative experience, perhaps, if if just improving isn't enough for you, if you need to, if, if and that's part of the trap, I think, is that there's this hamster wheel of have to keep improving. So even when you do improve some, mm-hmm. there, there's no end. Uh, you just sort of get better. And, and, now, as I say that, and, and you're setting yourself up for failure. And I mean, because you're never going to be the best. Right, and you're because you're you're constantly be, being inadequate. Right, you're current, coming up short. I guess um, you're just it it takes a grind on you, and, and it it takes its toll on you, and, and you end up feeling inadequate and feeling right like a failure. But, but what's funny is as as we say that, like there's no there's no level of mastery at which you you're done and you and you finished learning. You just have like it's just a constant process of improvement. Like that's a very you know that that's totally in line with. Zen and Buddhism principles, right? That like we we may have a practice that we do, and we never are going to be done and master it and say, okay, now we're done. We we've achieved all there possibly is to achieve in terms of mastery of that thing. Like it's it's definitely okay in in the same idea of living in the now and enjoying the now. Like it's okay to have a practice that you're constantly striving to be better at and and improve at. Uh, so it's not that that is what's wrong. 
Uh, I think I think perhaps the the aim of it is really the problem. Like where where are you heading with this? Is and why are you doing it? Uh, are you doing it because it is a way of like truly living in the now to its fullest extent, or are you doing it because it's? And this is for me like it always feels like I'm training for some better future ahead that is not quite the same as like I'm doing this because this is how I fully live in the now. So like when I'm learning languages, which recently I've kind of been interested in again. Uh, I'm doing it because I'm dreaming of one day that my family will live in Europe and, and it would just be an amazing experience to do. And I want to just kind of be prepared or at least sort of like imagine that now or feel like I'm right by, by surrounding myself with words and culture of whatever country. Uh, it can sort of feel a little bit like I'm there already. And I don't know if that's a good thing, right? I mean, it's, 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 I get decent results and I'm learning stuff, but I don't, I don't know. It, it certainly comes at a cost, right? Of like, of actually, mm-hmm living living for right now well so what if you what but what if you like what if you want to get better at something (laughs) you know like like what if uh and i think this is this is the this is where i struggle um like you said we we have changed both of us have changed our tune on this uh significantly over the last few years uh but like what if what if i just want to be a better runner or i want to improve my marathon time or um you know, or I want right. uh, to be a more efficient worker so that I can free up more time to be with my family or something like that. Um, you know, you're, 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 you're still trying, you're, it still can be beneficial to like find those hacks and find that advice and find that, um, those strategies and, and begin implementing them so that you can become, you can improve yourself. Right. Um, and you may want that even though like it's not, it's, so it's not, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is just saying, everything's okay, I don't need to do anything is not really the answer. Um, but right. maybe finding the things that matter to you most and working, focusing on those and not as this, um, not striving for this idealistic end goal that is out of reach and unattainable, but instead something that is going to show results and is going to actually improve your day-to-day in theory. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, kind of the obvious middle ground and i think it might be the right one um so just to kind of reinforce your point like at the very end of this new yorker article from 2018 uh they talk a lot about this book called stand firm which is not the book that i read it's a different one but this book stand firm by somebody named brinkman is about uh basically trying to stand firm in in the you know against this this wave or whatever this obsession of our culture of like mm-hmm. trying to always self-improve and like this yeah. he's saying it's okay to just stand still and not do that and like just just live your life right. um which someone the the author the author of the article points out that that is an individual solution to a collective problem so like you know that might not actually work because then you actually do get left behind right like you actually are then worse than your coworkers because you haven't been improving your skills in that area like others have, or you're not as you haven't optimized your time as much to get as much work done. So it's kind of hard to have that be an individual, you know, solve this collective problem with this individual thing. Um, for me though, like I don't even like that individual solution. Like I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem fulfilling. So he ends, the article ends, um, saying that Brinkman does offer some advice that seems immediately worth taking This is the opinion of the author. Go for a walk in the woods, he says, and think about the vastness of the cosmos. Go to a museum and look at art, secure in the knowledge that it will not improve you in any measurable way. 
Things don't need to be of concrete use in order to have value. Put away your self-help guides and read a novel instead. Don't mind if I do. Like, I just, like, I completely disagree with that. That, that to me, it's fine. Like, like, yes, we probably should have a little bit more of that. But if that's all you do, I mean, like, like to me, it's like, what's the point? Like, I don't understand why you're not, there's no growth in that. You're, you're just, you're, I mean, I guess you can grow by better appreciating art. Uh, or, or maybe you, you arrive at some new level of, of, uh, whatever, some Nirvana like state by, by pondering the cosmos. But I don't, I, that just doesn't, there's no, there's nothing there for me. So I, I don't know. I think in small doses, yes, for sure. We need some of that, but it's not like we should just drop everything like you said, and, and just be content with, with that. Well, so what if that stuff leads to you kind of naturally being better, but with, with no like end goal in, in mind, like, right. So like maybe you look at art, good art, and you're inspired to draw or take pictures or something like that, mm-hmm. or you're out in the woods and you're inspired to go on longer hikes because it just feels nice to be walking and, and you begin to lose weight and, and, you know, get healthier. Uh, or, um, you know, you read a book and it inspires you to, uh, want to write some stuff, you know, write a poem or write a book or, or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah. like, I think, I think you can, I think you can live life with no major goals. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, and still continue to improve or like kind of follow natural paths of 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 fulfillment and improvement, um, whereas uh, instead of just like sitting on the couch eating chips and you know watching right. mindless television, right? Because right? because that's kind of the you know you think of someone who is chasing goals and you think of someone who's intentionally not chasing goals and and. The person, the vision, at least in my mind, is someone who just like sits on the couch and does nothing all day. Yeah, but right. but I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that you can kind of you can find a more fulfilling middle ground that uh, isn't about self improvement so much about and then yeah. as as like living. Yeah, you know, I like a good uh, opportunity to bring up the blue zones, and to me, <laughs> when I read this last now that, bit, now and- that we're going live every day. <laughs> I feel like you bring up the blue zones a lot. <laughs> I, I know I do. I, I just love it. It's like I to me it is still my picture of of an ideal, and it's funny because like the at least the picture they paint there right is and it's not the blue zones of today. It's the blue zones of of that, probably fifty years ago or more. Uh, that generation, like there's no talk in there of goals or making a bunch of money or being the best in the world at something or optimizing or hacking or any of that it's people going about life in much the same way as people went about life i I, i'm guessing a thousand years ago uh certainly with modern technologies that make things easier but like you know they still they still farm and garden and do a lot of stuff without maybe a lot of you know uh advanced techniques and you know factory farming is a good example uh you know they do work and and in this in this uh, living, I think, what was it called? The the Good Enough Life article. They talk there about how, I think, Nabokov or some, some author didn't lick his own stamps. Because, like, people, like, in this new newer age, uh, we, we try to get away from these these little nuisances of that, that, you know, we think are they're a waste of time. And we can optimize our time by not doing those, by paying someone to do those, perhaps. And we spend our time on something else. But 
I feel like the Blue Zones people have, like, it sort of captures this this idea that also comes up in, in like, the Deep Work books uh, yeah. by Cal Newport, that, like, doing some of this stuff is a, is a very, very human thing to do, and our brains probably depend on a lot of it. Uh, that like daily nuisance and then you you know the fulfillment of having done it um, or just the the you know willpower that is built by having to put up with it and do this thing there's a lot of good that comes from from that stuff uh, and I think I've definitely kind of fallen into that trap like I, I haven't mowed a lawn my, my lawn in forever because I've always viewed it as like the like not an optimal activity like I'd rather pay someone to do that and I can go do something that I'm good at and earn more money with that time and enjoy the time more so but like I kind of think maybe maybe I should do that sort of thing like that maybe there's some fulfillment in there that I don't get uh, because I, I instead try to optimize. So anyway, my point is um, that's kind of why I think I have as much as I read that paragraph and thought that sounds ridiculous. Like that is blue zones esque to me, going for a walk mm-hmm. in the woods and thinking. And I also think that the blue zones people tend to be some of the happiest people in the world. Dan Buettner also wrote a book, uh, the Blue Zones of Happiness. And it's not the same as the Blue Zones, but there's a lot of overlap in the, the habits that lead to happiness and the ones that lead to health. Uh, right. I should point out, there he, he, points, he points to different paths to happiness based on research, and there were a handful of them. And like some are based on fulfillment, and some are based on sort of meaning in your life. Some of them actually are based on going after goals and, and achieving those goals and making a lot of money. Um, so it's not that that can't lead to happiness. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be, from what I can tell, the, the most common, the, the beaten path. So... Uh, I don't know. I like. I can appreciate this stuff for sure, and, and way more than I used to. Uh, I, I really think like that sort of Bluesman's life sounds like like it just seems like a beautiful life. On the other hand, when I actually try to do that, like live more in that way, I get bored, and I want to like I want to go do stuff and like improve something and learn something and have a goal and chase it. Like that's just so much fun to do. Mm-hmm. So I. I think what you were saying a while ago now is that that's like that's perhaps the solution. If you can have a, a thing or two or three that like you you're learning and improving, like that, it's a, it's a good way to grow. Uh, one of the big keys here is is you have to un- and I really do believe this one. We've talked about this before. You have to untangle your happiness from your achievement of the goal. Like if you can tie the happiness right. to the to the pursuit of the goal because and that's that's really the point. And and I think I've done a good job of that when I do these things. Like I'm not miserable at all. I'm very happy to be learning these things. It just feels good. Um you know, like then then it's becomes a much healthier activity. Uh I don't want to say it's end all be all because it I still think I'm kind of out of balance in some ways and I'll I'll get into that in a bit. Uh but you know, if if you don't have to be successful, you don't have to become that best runner in the world, or even you know make achieve the marathon time you're out to do, or be successful in running the hundred mile you're trying to run. Uh, if you can be happy in the pursuit, and and progress is what equals happiness, rather than success equaling happiness, I think then then what you're saying is not very far from from. Uh, it, then it doesn't become self improvement. It becomes it becomes partly your your enjoying this not because it's improving you but because well perhaps maybe it's because it's improving you. not because you're achieving the goal but because you're making progress right progress yeah i mean so what if uh, what if and this is where certain goals are different right so if you're having the morning routine to optimize your morning and feel your best or i don't know whatever but i don't know why people do morning routines anymore um <laughs> but uh, so is is different maybe than like 
um, hit a certain marathon goal that you're tying yourself to or become the best Mm -hmm. in the world at something. Um, Because like, what if, you know, I I think what you're saying, and and I completely agree, there's a lot of fulfillment in, in the process of learning and dedicating and, and improving, right? So getting better as a runner or, um, better as a mountain biker, right? So like for me, you know, all this excitement around mountain biking after last night, you know, I I will, uh, I will get very, uh, excited about going out for my next ride and getting a little bit more comfortable and getting a little bit faster and seeing how I can control the bike a little bit better. Like that process and practice will be very fulfilling. It will be very nice, but it's not necessarily about hitting a specific goal. It's just about the process of improving. So if I can just focus on that process of improving right and that might involve some you know learning and strategizing and and looking at what other people are doing and coaching and that kind of stuff um you know is that is that a bad thing like i don't think that's a bad thing it can't be a bad thing no i don't i don't think having a hobby is and wanting to get better at it <laughs> right i don't think having a hobby and wanting to get better is bad but but certainly like in in sort of the, the most pure extreme view here like that last paragraph it kind of sounds like that is bad that we shouldn't be doing that because it's it's more focused on you know how it will be in the future i think that's the difference right if, if it's all about how it will be in the future once you're good enough or once you then then that's not good if it's about this is really fun right now to be doing then it is so here's the the part where i still have have not done enough is like or, or where i still kind of go wrong i think is as much as I understand all this now, and I, I truly like try to, like I said before, don't have a morning routine. I don't have a bunch of habits that I like do religiously or track or anything like that. Um, I still I still tend to like to do activities that are about getting better at something, and they're fun. I enjoy them. I enjoy them in the moment. Like it, they're my hobbies. Uh, but I I definitely don't have a balance. Like I like mm-hmm. when I think about me as a person in my life like as i've said a lot of times like my social life is terrible like i just don't i just don't interact with people i'm not like a normal guy who just like goes and meets neighbors and like suddenly hits it off and like now i'm playing poker with them and all that like i just I just don't i just it's <laughs> and it's not that i'm wishing i did I, I wouldn't mind some of that but i just don't i don't know i just don't i just don't like i would always would rather go learn something new work on something than like you know, take a walk with somebody home from the bus stop or something. I just, I just don't want that. So I think that's like so deep in me, this, this old idea that like time is best spent getting better at something or learning something, uh, improving in some way. Uh, and, and I just have this lack of balance. Like I still spend so much time, even at my, in my house, like a lot of time on my own, learning something, doing something instead of, you know, connecting with kids or Aaron and I, and I definitely could use more of that than I, than I do. So right. I guess what I'm pointing out is like something in our answer here is incomplete in, in our you know, solution to like, here's how to do it. Because these are things that I, I feel like my, my, uh, my, these hobbies are healthy the way I'm approaching them. I don't need some achievement in order to be happy. Like I just love the process. But if you do too much of it still, you, you still end up, you can still end up out of balance and not quite, uh, like you still just need activities that are these very, you know, primitive human activities of connecting and like just being and not, you know, not, not working your brain too much. Just kind of, just kind of chilling out. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, so I want to kind of pivot slightly. Um, the article, this new article, the what we gained from a good enough life. Yep. Have you introduced this? I can't remember. I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it, okay. and I mentioned greatness thinking, which is their, which is their, you know, thing that they rail against. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it seems to be focused on um, not necessarily self improvement in the way of like running a marathon or getting fit or learning a language or something like that, but uh, in how you, you know, in relationships, in becoming a better person, becoming a better friend, uh, that kind of improvement. And there's a quote um, towards the end, I think, that um, I, I found interesting. is being the good enough parent or friend or lover is difficult and unparalleled in its offerings. It is achievable and sustainable, unlike being a great or perfect parent, friend, or lover, and therefore requires determination and commitment in the long term. So basically, if you you know if you're the way I'm understanding that anyway <laughs> is uh, is if um, you know if you're a good enough parent, if you're a good enough partner, then um, then you're kind of admitting the fact that like you're not perfect and that that is unattainable and unachievable, and therefore you have to put in the work of being good enough. <laughs> or I guess like of accepting right. the fact that you're that that you are who you are and you're that's that is who you are. Yeah. So uh, another way like this ha- this shows up. Seth Godin, uh, marketing author, another guy who I'm happy to bring up at any opportunity. Uh, he talks about like if you're writing a book, and you say like the, the, your public claim is that the goal of this book is to change the world. You're kind of letting yourself off the hook there because no one actually expects that to happen, and it's that's sort of perfection in some way uh and it's it's sort of the highest you know an author might hope to achieve with their book uh and so and and it's perfectionism in general right when when the goal is perfection because that's impossible you're kind of off the hook from the beginning like no one actually expects you to do that uh so to go after it is sort of almost the the cowardly move instead of to say here's what i'm actually going after and it's this thing that is actually attainable and that i can actually be accountable for uh, and that's what I'm going to do. Like that's that's a lot scarier because mm-hmm. then you are kind of expected to actually do that. And so, like, I get this. I think I think that's a good point. Um, that being that being good enough, striving to be good enough. Stri- I don't know if striving is the right word here, but uh, yeah, being being good enough requires, as they say in the article, like constant attention. Like you have to kind of keep coming. You can't just stop caring about it. And right. whereas if your goal was perfection. It's easy to get frustrated, and then you stop caring about it because you realize you're never going to get it. So to say good enough is, you know, a way of almost tricking ourselves to to have to keep working at something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I'm fine with that. I think I think that is great. And like, you know, I don't know what it what it is that that determines what my viewpoint is going to be on one hobby versus one aim versus another but like parenting i i get that completely that that makes total sense uh i let go of trying to be a perfect parent a long long time ago when i just realized it wasn't possible and that like it's just you just can't you, you just have to and also as i say at the top of this article because the, the good enough life i think is a nod to the, the good enough parenting idea um which actually includes some benefits for kids right if you're a perfect parent quote unquote then you do everything for your kids and they never face any suffering or struggle or anything so by being just good enough 
way lower levels, way lower standard than I think a lot of modern parents, you know, hold themselves to or try to hold themselves to, you end up letting your kids fail at stuff and you end up letting them experience adversity and they have to adapt and they have to be flexible. So all these great things come from not overparenting. What I wondered as I read this article is like, is the same true of of everything else? Like, do we act? Do things actually turn out better when we focus on good enough? Uh, like, are, are there when we focus on perfection? Are, are, is it possible to over over go after a goal rather than like? Does that actually hinder us in some way? And I think I think that sentence which you read, um, you know, I think I think it kind of points out that yes, it it does, or it is possible. Good. Interesting um, stuff here, Matt. Uh, have, have, has it, this discussion changed your mind any further? <laughs> I, no. I mean, my I don't I don't think I, I honestly didn't come into this with a viewpoint that was strongly one way or the other. I have I have definitely evolved since reading that last article. Uh, I, again, I still don't know for sure if it's just from getting older or if it's from thinking about this, talking about this. Um, but surely, like the past ten years of my life have been a move from from being just gung ho about stuff to being more and more relaxed, lazier about stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and trying really hard, and I think succeeding, to not beat myself up over it and like just be okay with like not optimizing something, not doing a morning routine, you know, eating junk food now and then, whatever. Uh, so I would say I've done that. Is it actually working? Is it uh, am I more fulfilled or better now that as a result? I don't know. Impossible to know because life, you know, changes in all these other ways too at the same time. So uh, who knows? Uh, you know, nonetheless, I, I think I think what I have, and and maybe this is just uh, like <laughs> the way I like to think of myself and not the reality, but um, it feels it feels like my shift has gone from you know, setting goals and, and trying to self-improve on things that don't really matter to to instead kind of focusing on minor things that matter a lot more, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, less of those morning routines and less of those, uh, you know, I got to optimize this and, and that, uh, and more on, like, okay, you know, how can I how can I be a little bit better today? <laughs> or mm-hmm. or how can I, how can I just... Uh, put my phone down a little bit more so that I'm more present with my kids or, or eat a little bit better, uh, and, and tweak my diet. Yeah. I think that's a really good point and perhaps a a good spot to end like that. I've been, uh, I've been kind of portraying the, the alternative, like we talked about earlier as kind of doing nothing. Right. And just like blissing out and just sort of like being okay that you're just sitting on the couch with your feet up, reading a magazine, eating potato chips, and you're just you're just doing that. Um, that that's the opposite of self improvement, and I guess it is the opposite. But there's also another option, which is like that instead of focusing on self improvement, you like you just said, you focus on other things. Like, and in my case, right, focus more on social stuff. But instead of just like, I guess instead of spending time trying to self improve. You actually do put effort in to being like a good enough friend, parent, spouse, whatever, um, and and you're mindful about it, and you take steps, and you still do some things that are uncomfortable, that 
you know, like, you know, that, that takes some work for you to do, uh, instead of just saying like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to chill out. And like, this will be my version of, you know, uh, taking it easy and, and relaxing and, and hoping that all that social stuff just shows up. Uh, so you still have to work at it. It's just, it's just, you're not, you're not having to be the, trying to be the best spouse, parent, friend. You just, but you're also trying to not to be the worst one, <laughs> which is, yeah. which is yeah. sometimes yeah, what, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not the worst of, of most of those things, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Uh, I think, I think that's a, that's actually a very good insight. And that's something that certainly I have not done much of. I, during COVID, I was a little bit good at that. Like I would try to say like, remember my point system I had where I was, sure. mm-hmm. which is a great example of like this self-improvement kind of life and have, have a <laughs> yeah. little system, but, and actually this is a good question here and maybe we shouldn't end quite yet until we answer this uh like i had that system where i would i would write down things if i did a a good family thing like watch a movie with the kids or play a game with the family uh go on a date with aaron like if we did those things i would take note and i would say that was i that was a good thing that i did because that's not always the the easy thing to do right more often it's easy to just chill out and open a beer and just kind of watch tv um to put a little effort in and I wanted to reward myself by just acknowledging that I was doing it, and I'd mark this little thing. I was moving a paperclip from one jar over to another, uh, and I would get a point for doing those things. Like, on one hand, that is just textbook being way too into the self-improvement optimizing stuff, that you're writing down and giving yourself points for that. On the other hand, like, that was me actually making an effort at these things instead of, like I said, the alternative, just, you know, crack open a bottle of wine and sit on the couch and have that for the night yeah so i don't know which is i don't know where i come out on that but i i do think that whether or not i'm writing it down and scoring it uh the the being deliberate about that stuff i think that's what i that's what i certainly personally could do like more of uh in lieu of in lieu of you know learning german adverbs (laughs) yeah i mean well so the i mean i don't know about the whole paperclip thing with i like that idea i think it, i think it's cool i liked it when you did it and uh, but um you know i think i think what the difference is is that i mean i don't know did you have did you have a goal like i need 365 paperclips to feel like i achieved this and if i don't then it's all for nothing yeah i don't think so no, i think it was I just more like it was more like uh you know i'm gonna do this to acknowledge you know, a little bit of, of something good that I did today. And yeah, um, like a journal. and, and that, you know, and then it's just a, maybe a little reward and a little trigger and, and that's great. Um, but there's no, like, if you don't do it, there's also no like major consequence other than the fact that, you know, maybe you didn't get to spend extra time with your family or do this fun thing or something like that. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. Uh, which, which puts it back in, in the terms we were talking earlier, that if you can enjoy the actual doing of it, mm-hmm. uh, rather than like trying to accumulate enough points so that you can buy a Wii with your points or buy a, what's the, yeah, what's the right. new hot system, Doug? I think Wii's, Wii's been a few years. Not, no longer. <laughs> Wii's on <the> PlayStation <laughs> yeah. 5 or whatever it is. Yeah, there you go. PS5. Uh, yeah, at, you know, at some point with that game, I was imagining how cool it would be. Like, I think after, this is what it was. At the end of that year, I looked back and I had accumulated a large amount of times when I did something that I thought was a activity that I thought deserving of of just recognizing uh i think i had said if you did a year that had a thousand of these in it there'd be about three per day you know any activity like what i just mentioned or cooking and planning a meal anything just sort of a good activity to do that we kind of all wish we could do more of doing a workout and i was thinking if you could get a thousand that would be a that'd be a pretty successful good year 
so now I'm thinking maybe that's maybe you shouldn't have that. Maybe maybe not have a, a rule like that. Uh, by the way, alternative to like keeping score and gamifying is just if you just had a journal and every day you just mm-hmm. kind of wrote down the things you were proud of that day that you did. Um, that could perhaps be just as just as good. I don't know. Somehow I found it much easier to, and more fun to put tally marks, but <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Well, good. Right. I, you know, I like this. I like this topic. I like this discussion, and and it it'll be interesting to revisit it again in a couple of years and see where we where we land. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll swing back. Maybe I'll be all uh, all Tim Ferriss out and have biohacking and all kinds of those things going on. <laughs> Dave Asprey, you know, all that. We'll see. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> Only time will all tell. Right. Yep, all we're right. going to do another Nomad Athlete Radio uh, original normal format again. Uh, we will continue to do these, I believe. And, uh, but also we're still doing the live thing and that's a lot of energy is going into that. So please check us out there. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks everybody. All right.